Hello there listeners, welcome to the Bullpen Podcast. Now before we get started, I'd just like to quickly talk about Buzzsprout. So over the years, myself and Jamie have worked incredibly hard and refined the Bullpen Podcast into the stylish cultural phenomenon that it is today. But none of this would have been possible without Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout as a platform allows us to upload our finished work and host it on major services such as Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes and more. Simply put, without Buzzsprout, we would not have reached as many ears as we have. Once you sign up to Buzzsprout, you immediately get access to several hours worth of upload allowance a month, as well as an easy-to-navigate website and analytical data of every aspect of your podcast and all its listeners. If you sign up using our link in the podcast description, you'll find information on how to sign up and grab a $25 Amazon voucher courtesy of Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest way to get your podcast off the ground. Join over 100,000 podcasters getting their voices heard and sign up using our link today. Hello. Good. Hello. <laughs> Welcome um, to welcome. the bullpen. Yes, um, my co-host here, uh, Mr. David Ring. Yeah, and um, um, my co-host, I'm, Mr. Jamie Ravitch. Yeah, um, we've got a, a cracking show for you today, uh, because it's not just the two of us talking um, the usual load of nonsense. We've got <laughs> uh, we've got two fantastic uh, guests who, um, who speak quite eloquently about uh, baseball in Scotland. Yeah, so, we... Uh, We've got the, the, the lovely guys at uh, Bull Caps and Bagpipes podcast um, yeah. to sort of just, ex- well, give us an education really into Scottish baseball and and just baseball as a whole, which yes. was nice. It sort of reminds us of our early days of the roots of the Bullpen podcast when we used to talk about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so have we got a first ever Hall of Famer on? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And what a guy. What a guy. Both, honestly, I'm yeah. still, uh, yeah, I'm super proud of that, uh, yeah. that interview. And we will be playing that you... right now. Enjoy. Ready to go. There we go. <laughs> 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 Right. Should we fire into it, lads? Yeah, that's good. Absolutely, I'm really good. I'm ready. Welcome, right. everybody. Uh, this is a special episode of the Ballpen Podcast because instead of mine and Jamie's lovely faces, we get <laughs> an additional two lovely faces from, from well, one across the pond and one from a little bit up north. Yes. So we've got John and Jason from the Ballcaps and Bagpipes Podcast. Uh, podcast that deals with is it mainly Scottish baseball, isn't it? Yeah, sort of almost delve into other stuff as well. Yeah, it's, it's almost exclusively Scottish baseball now. We touch on major league baseball from time to time, but um, mm-hmm. we focus pretty much primarily on the Scottish game these days. Uh, I think it's a testament to how much the game has grown in Scotland in just the last couple of years since we've been doing the show that we are uh, we're able to do like a 40, 45 minute show just on Scottish baseball now. Okay. I mean, we we spoke to a few people, sort of like that deal with English baseball, and we always sort of ask them like, "How did it begin? Like, what's because it's not a reckon really a, a well 
established sport over here, is it, compared to in the States? So how did you find yourself sort of becoming a fan? Um, so my co-host Jason there, he's been uh, obviously involved in baseball for around 40 years since he was a kid. Um, myself, I became interested in, so my interest in most North American sports comes from the same place, which is video games. In the mid-90s, I became a basketball and a hockey fan through Sega, uh, NBA and NHL games. Um, so I became a Bulls fan and a New York Rangers fan, as you can see. Um, yeah. So from there, um, I became a bigger hockey fan than basketball and I started to kind of watch it regularly back in the Channel 5 days. And obviously knowing that being a hockey fan and watching that on Channel 5, I was vaguely where they also carried baseball. And uh, where my love of baseball came from was just one weekend in 2001. Um, we, we used to, at the weekends, we would rent a video game out of like global video back in the old back in the olden times. Is that the blockbusters um, days? Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> one weekend, uh, uh, so All-Star Baseball 2002, which was a PS2 game. Um, and, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, it's a fancy something a bit different this weekend, so I'll play some baseball games. Uh, played it. I was really confused by it, but also... <laughs> so I thought, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch a game or two on Channel 5 like, and, and see what, it, what it's all about. Uh, watched a couple of games and pretty much instantly fell in love with the game. Uh, the rest of that season, I spent pretty much obsessing over baseball, trying to learn all the rules, learning all the teams and the best players and stuff like that. I think it was a very unique season to tune in with it being 2001. You were Barry Bonds, 73 home runs, the, the outstanding World Series after 9-11 and stuff like that. Oh, um, yeah, of course. Yeah, so from then, uh, from then on, I, I just became completely hooked. Um, and I became involved with the playing side of it at 25 years old in 2013. Okay. So, yeah, that's pretty much been my journey. Uh, we'll go into it, I think, in more depth. But, Jason, uh, I'll let you take, <laughs> take take your shot here. I was, I, I can, I'm going to date myself here. So I go back to the 1981 Little League World Series is what got me inspired in baseball here. Uh, it happened to be the first time the U.S. happened to win after like six years of losing to Taiwan. Um, and it was a, a Little League team literally 10 minutes down the road for I won. And these guys were rock stars. They were on TV constantly. They were being interviewed. I said, you know what? I like this. I want to get into baseball this way. So uh, it literally all started from there. Excellent. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and how did you find yourself uh, in the baseball game actually in Scotland? So I was, uh, it was a two week to- holiday. It's turned into almost 20 years now. And uh, I was working at a hostel and I picked up a timeout and I saw there was a baseball team here. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I can get involved some way and help out. I had no idea if it was the amateur team. I just thought, oh, there's baseball. And I go check it out. And so I uh, went on down to the field. And, you know, there was just 15 guys that were all amateur that just were, loved the game there. And so I was like, OK, well, uh, all of a sudden I have 15 guys I can chat with it. No problem. We can talk baseball. And I went from playing to coaching to running the league you know, within a span of about five years. So, um, yeah. And and what, what made you fall in love with uh, Scotland as well? You know, it was just, uh, I needed a bit of a break. I did the dot-coms and there was just no jobs back in Seattle where I'm from. So I was literally working, uh, gosh, probably 16 hour days, just kind of doing two different jobs. And I was just thinking about going into uh, grad school or something else that, and I was just like, okay, well, I've saved up a bunch of money. I'm gonna go take a two week trip 
and I've never come back from it. So, <laughs> but you know, it, you know, from you know, I'm laughing here. So, uh, I'm, I'm, this is my man cave here, and uh, it's literally. Uh, I live in Newtown, so it's a 160 year old toilet. So this toilet's older than Seattle. <laughs> and John, just tell us how much of a legend Jason is in in the Scottish game. <laughs> You know, there are probably one or two figures in Scottish baseball that are that are in the kind of same stratosphere that Jason is. And if that uh, Jason's kind of in like an upper tier alongside there's a there's a long serving uh, umpire in Edinburgh called uh, Gordon, he's affectionately known as Wolfie. Uh, he's been involved in the game uh, for the better part of I think fifty years um, in Scotland and just he's been there during sort of the earliest, uh, you know, days of, of baseball in Scotland, and you know, he's he's experienced and seen it all. He's done everything. He's he's coached and he's, he's umpired and all the rest of it. So, Wolfie, um, I would probably say that Jason is is in a tier with him, and maybe one or two others at most. He's, um, you know, Jason is in large part responsible for the growth of baseball in Scotland over the last decade. Um, I think his time as president really laid the foundation and the groundwork for the current president of the league, Paul Conboy, and some of the things he's been able to implement. Um, I think a lot of the work that Jason put into building the profile of the game in this country, um, that that really allowed us to to grow the league into what it's becoming now. Um, so I think to we we were with uh, we were speaking with Paul Conboy, the the Scottish League current president, in, in the most recent episode that we did. Uh, and we joked that there's going to be a statue adjacent uh, to be built uh, in, in, in Edinburgh. Um, and I think that that's pretty much an accurate portrayal of exactly what he means to the sport in this country. How does it feel that you, you've literally built an entire sport from scratch, like from sort of small foundations to what it is now? Like you, you've pretty much built this yourself, like it's, it's your own input and everything. Like how does that feel that you've, you've managed to achieve that like in such a small space of time as well? I think a lot of it just had to do with just being a perfect storm. So you kind of had the rise of the internet so people could watch baseball, at least online. They could, they could all of a sudden find this baseball out there. Cause a lot of people were like, okay. Um, so you're talking early two thousands, you had a lot of people that were uh, worked in bars and pubs because they would get home. And the only thing on at two o'clock in the morning was baseball. And they're kind of like, well, I've been watching this game for six months now. I might as well give it a go. Um, and so it was just a kind of combination of social media, internet, um, if you forget about the Nintendo Wii had baseball on it. So we had oh, a lot yeah. of people that played the Wii and I said, okay, well, I'm enjoying playing on the Wii. So uh, I, I can't take credit for Billy that there it was just kind of a, a combination of things there. Um, plus, you know, the teams were already established. There's been baseball in Scotland since the early 30s in one form or another. So, um, I mean, if Wolfie's correct, uh, in the 90s, there was 30 teams in Scotland. So, uh, you know, it just it kind of comes in waves and people go, okay, um, I want to play baseball. And, you know, right now we're in a, a great wave of people all joining. And it's great. You know, it's great to see the game get where it is now. He always does this. He does this on our show all the time. He sells himself short. Um, Jason's <laughs> responsible for a lot of those teams um, leading towards a structured league uh, system uh, in Scotland. Um, a lot of that is off his back. <laughs> He's largely correct about uh, everything else, but he sells himself short in terms of his actual importance to that process. So from, from speaking to all the guests that you've had on your podcast recently, how what's the general feeling about the game going forward then? Is it Does it sound like it's going to progress and 
and build up to something bigger that you hope? Absolutely, yeah. Um, on the most recent episode, which was like a bonus episode after the season three finale, um, when we spoke to Paul, uh, he had a lot of really interesting announcements that he made in recent weeks, um, including like a multi-tier division system. So there's going to be a triple-A division and a single-A division moving forward, um, which just by default, by its very nature of being, is going to make the triple-A level that much better. It will be tighter defensively. The pitching is going to be the best pitching. Um, you're going to see the best talents uh, against each other. And it's going to be more, um, more of an organised game in that sense, and it means that you're gonna, you're not gonna see like ludicrous scores of like Sunday league style baseball uh, every week like we have in the past. You know, we're gonna have um, a single league level as well, where people like myself who maybe don't play to like a certain level are gonna get a chance to get playing time against kind of similar talent level players um, or first year kind of people coming into the league. So everyone's gonna get uh, as well uh, more playing time which is going to just, I think, grow interest in the sport as it goes along. Um, I'm very excited myself about the the next year or two um, and where we might go from there. And I know that from talking to, to other people across the league this past season, uh, there is just a kind of air of, of, of momentum and, and forward motion. Um, but the pandemic aside, obviously, that's that the pandemic has affected us as it has every other sport in the world. Yeah, um, and especially sport, smaller sports with sort of smaller crowds that have been hit hardest really yeah i mean we've seen in the last couple of years quite a bit of growth in terms of there were two um teams that were in the league a couple of years ago that are now no longer there because there's just been a natural drop-off of people being interested in the game after like in a long uh, layoff due to the pandemic shutdowns um but even with that in mind like there is a need of excitement and, a, and just a sense of forward motion and momentum that we're going to grow the sport even more next year and then moving forward from year to year, it's looking like things are going to trend upwards uh, for the near future. That's awesome. Yeah, Excellent. I mean, it's yeah. just so like it's on its way up, which is it's good for the competitive sport in in Scotland as a whole as well. It just sort of gives, if there's a Scottish international team at some point, it gives that a, a, a platform to build on. And if yeah, you've got it's, a, it's really- a decent pool of players to pick from, then it's always worth it, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's also a great. It's great for uh, baseball UK wide as well. Like we've in the last couple of years been able to field teams that went down to England and played again. And England has got you know some really talented players and some really great teams. Teams who are, are you know they could probably hang with some of the best teams in Europe. Um, and we've been able to go down and, and compete with them and be competitive in, in tournaments. Um, so I think uh, and Jason will tell you like. That was probably something that we wouldn't have been able to imagine happening on a consistent basis when he first took over. And when you look at how much the game's growing in terms of just the, the, the ability of the players, the commitment level and the structure, it's night and day a difference. You mentioned about baseball in the UK as a whole. I mean, we touched on, me and Jamie touched on the the recent, well, recent-ish, the, the series that they held in London uh, a couple of years ago now, I think it was. Which I think that's nineteen. Yeah, that's right. It, sort of on the coattails of like NFL in, in London, how that's sort of transformed into not just an American sport now. It's it's sort of like a worldwide brand and a worldwide appeal. And I think would you want to see baseball do a similar thing to that? Like it does it feel like it's gonna dilute the sport at all, or do you think that the bigger reach it has, that the better sport it will be? 
So Jason and I have very divergent opinions on this, I think, so I'm going to let him go first. <laughs> <laughs> so the funny thing is, is the baseball's a very small sport in the UK. It's huge almost everywhere else in the globe. You, you head over to Italy, Netherlands, France, Spain. It's quite regularly played. The best player in baseball is Japanese. So yeah. uh, it, it's it's a real hard one there where, um, you know, people play cricket. We think, and I think for us, if we can get cricket players that play baseball, then the, the, you'll be able to pick it up much quicker. But um, there's not a lot of whole lot of, uh, um, we call it hand-eye coordination games here. Is everyone uses your foot or, or you use rugby and you run. And so we've all grown up with that. So, you know, when John talks about the difference between AAA and single A, you know, you're getting mostly expats who have gotten tens of thousands of cuts, you know, uh, and a batting cage. And, and I've seen the ball there. And we literally have guys who've gone, well, I just came back from Toronto. I saw a baseball game and I have a glove and you have to teach them from that there. So, uh, so, you know, I'd love to see the game, ex- you know, expand here. You know, you're seeing people that are, uh, you know, definitely uh, British born and have gone to play in the States and, and done quite well now. So it's, you know, really encouraging there. Um, so, you know, I'm all for expansion over here and getting more games here. I believe the rumors are they're looking at Berlin for the next series to come out this way. Okay. That'd be cool. It would be, yeah, it's a strange choice. Uh, to me personally, I wouldn't have put Germany on the baseball map, but I mean, you know, probably more than I do, Jason. Are they a, a baseball country or are they trying to be? <laughs> they are. So, so we've played in a couple of European tournaments and uh, we usually get smoked by the opposing teams because they, they actually play a lot better there. So, we, we're, uh, we know that we've beaten, uh, I was it, it was a, uh, uh, Finland. That's that's the only country we've beaten currently. But uh, you know, all these countries all, all play at a, at a much higher level than we do, uh, ex- excluding say the National League down in London. They're obviously at the best level there, uh, and they're definitely hanging with all the European teams. But yeah, um, Germany's baseball mad. I think they have eight different divisions of, of play over there. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's much different once you hit the continent. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it surprises me generally, but yeah, it's. It- I think the, the more countries it reaches, the better. My, that's my personal opinion on it, anyway. Now, if you yeah, agree with that, John or, or Jason. Yeah, yeah so, I um, think you, go ahead, John. Yeah, I'm not such a big fan of MLB in Europe. Um, I based it more or less on the, the London series two years ago. I always call it the Circus series. I wasn't a big fan. Um, it just didn't feel like a proper baseball game to me. It felt like I was watching Scottish baseball at times. Um, you know, the field in the, the stadium set up just wasn't conducive to good baseball. You had like a 12 11 score line after like an inning. Um, I found that absolutely ludicrous. It was like, um, it was in a lot of the kind of sideshow stuff that they had going on, just made it, it felt like, so it felt like the crowd was mostly made up of people who are already baseball fans. Mm. And then the presentation of it felt like it was being marketed to people who have no idea what baseball even is. Mm-hmm. So there was a bit of a kind of disconnect there. And it just ended up feeling for me like a complete gimmick. And these were regular season games that counted. Um, so I don't, <laughs> um, beyond the Yankees winning both games, I wasn't particularly happy with what I was seeing. Um, and I don't think, based on what I saw in, in the London Series 2019, that it led to any kind of uptick and in interest up here anyway in the league. Like there was never anyone who came along to training in Glasgow and said, oh, I saw the London series and I was really interested in giving baseball a go. Um, it just kind of felt like a pointless exercise um, and a bit of a money-making racket, quite honestly. Um, so if it's, ever, if it's going to continue to be along those lines, I would rather 
watch the games from sort of Fenway or, or Yankee Stadium or whatever ballpark uh, the home team happens to play in. Um, I just it's still a giant for me. I mean, we've struggled in the past, haven't we, Jamie, trying to get people involved or interested in sort of baseball to begin with. When we first started this podcast, it was just a baseball podcast. And we would tell people, oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a podcast about baseball. And the first question would be, well, why? <laughs> you know? it's, it's, it's so hard to get people interested in a sport they've never seen before. They've probably seen snippets of it and from like movies and whatever, but trying to get them to sit down and watch a game. And it's, it's so hard to to get that interest to begin with. Yeah, uh, I think it's also hard because you're, you're trying to do it over TV and it's not the same as the atmosphere of a game and, you know, having a beer and a hot dog and a pretzel and, you know, be able to walk around the stadium and, and you know, when you never see a hundred mile per hour fastball at a game that you're like literally 60 feet away from, you go, okay, that's, that looks a lot faster in person than it does on TV. I mean, that was my first experience with the live game. I think it was 2015 and I watched the, I think it was the Padres and the Diamondbacks. And it was like an end of season game where I think the Padres were already confirmed as finishing like dead last, as they always seem to. Um, but even the atmosphere there, it was like a half full stadium, but it was just such a cool atmosphere to like it was so relaxed compared to like a football crowd where there's so much tension all the time. And it, it felt like there was like some, it was a connection between the opposing fans rather than, well, we hate you and you hate us and we're going <laughs> to tell you we hate you. And, yeah, just, uh, go on, sorry. Yeah, I think that there's there's definitely a kind of a cultural uh, barrier that exists there between American sports and uh, and UK based sports. Like football is very, it's quite highly charged energy at a football stadium, um, and you go to a football stadium expecting a shouting match between you and the opposing fans. Whereas you go to you know baseball or even some of the even more like even some of the more highly charged sports in North America, like American football or hockey or basketball, um, there's never really the kind of back and forth between fans that you expect in the UK, particularly with football. Um, so I think that's another reason that kind of games over here don't don't sort of mesh for me um, because the crowds are so very different. I mean, you see it with, uh, I don't know how much you guys watch WWE, but like, you see that I think, with WWE going to Raw in, in Manchester or London or something like that. The crowd is just completely different. and it, It's quite jarring. It's a jarring change from what you see week to week. I've got across you so many times, Jamie. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I was recently up in Scotland and I went to watch uh, Montrose versus Peterhead in the football. And um, there wasn't any segregated crowd or anything. And it was kind of 90 minutes of let's, uh, let's just call the referee for 90 minutes. Uh, <laughs> but, it, but yeah, I'd imagine that that was kind of quite a, a relaxed kind of, sort of experience compared to kind of even even our local team Mansfield which would be yeah which would be kind of let's just give it to the other fans kind of stuff even yeah. baseball you're talking about a 162 game schedule so yeah. it's a marathon not a sprint so yeah. you know <laughs> you lose a game like okay well there's always tomorrow yeah is that when you the Padres this season you lose like 12 games in a row it's just like <laughs> Okay, there's not there's not going to be tomorrow because tomorrow's going to be another defeat. <laughs> yeah, they have a strange season, that's for sure. 
How much of a waste of money is that uh, that kind of squad starting to look for the Padres already? Is that what, sorry? The, the, the squad the Padres have put together looks on paper like it should be formidable, but it's looking like a bit of a waste of money so far, I think. It sounds so, like the Yankees a lot. <laughs> yeah, think, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> in, recent, in recent times, absolutely. I think I heard someone say about the Yankees that they they want to try and build a, a, a youth culture again after so many years of like big spending, but how's mm-hmm. that going to go down with their fans that sort of expect success like instantly? Yeah, and I think it's you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot out of the starting blocks doing that. I mean, just a few years ago, we tried to do that. We tried to kind of reboot, and it was going very well. And the George Arabi became within one game of the World Series, probably two years ahead of what people would have anticipated. And now those guys are hitting what should be their prime, and they haven't really, they haven't really progressed much. So it makes you kind of wonder if it's the players or if there's a problem with the culture at the Yankees where. If we were to do this again, if we were to reboot and do another kind of baby bombers rebuild, is the same thing going to happen? Um, with the current sort of front office and Aaron Boone, as much as I loved him as a player, and I do like him as a manager, I don't think he's the guy to to take us forward. You know, I fear that if we were to try that again, is it going to be a case where we're going to be like also runs or, or nearly was kind of second tier team that almost gets there and then we kind of waste the primes of you know, more young, talented players. Like these guys should really have progressed into what should be their prime now. And I think only Aaron Judge has done that. Um, mm. So it's uh, it's concerning that there's, you know, it looks to me like there's problem with culture at the the, the club and how they develop players. Um, and it's beginning to it's beginning to really be a, a it's it's not a great time to be a Yankee fan. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you can go a couple of years without winning. Winning the trophy, I'm sure it's not going to hurt too much. Yeah, I mean, 12, Twelve years is, is, is like um, it's like Liverpool finally winning the world, the, the Premier League last year after thirty years. Like yeah. I think twelve years as a Yankee fan is the equivalent of that. Um, so it's it's already panic stations uh, for the Yankee fans. <laughs> um, you know, the fact I've only I've only seen one in the twenty years I've been a fan. And um, you know, you're kind of spoiled, admittedly. Um, or it's like being a, a fan of the old firm up here, you know, they're expected to win every year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's not something that's that's feasible in a sport like baseball. It's a lot more, there's a lot more parity in American sports than there is in football. Um, but even still, uh, with the payroll, with the talent that the Yankees put out every year, it is expected that they would win more often. Um, and like I say, we've come very close in 2017, one game away from the World Series. And it's regressed every season since then. We've fallen off in like an earlier round of the playoffs every year since Sarin Boone came in. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely panic stations already for Yankee fans after 12 years of that title. We were quite surprised, Jamie, about your team, the uh, the Red Sox being so close this season, weren't we? Yeah, but um, it's kind of a, a weird season for them where they just didn't seem to be anywhere until September and then all of a sudden, oh, it's, it's October and then the playoffs. So, um, as you say, it's kind of it's kind of a sprint, isn't it? A, a marathon, even rather than a sprint. Um, but yeah, uh, well, the first year following them, they won the World Series. So, I, I got lucky there, I think. And then, I don't know after that. But <laughs> <laughs> the first year so yeah, my, my first year following the Yankees was the year that the, the, the dynasty, as they called it, ended. So they won three yeah. in a row. 
Yine yani iyi rastlantı bu için Lost World Series gibi galiba. That was your the first one if like 84. Was it 84 years something like that, Jamie? First. Yeah, yeah it was a long time, wasn't it? <laughs> long time. <laughs> you broke the curse. <laughs> yeah, that was me. It was it's nothing to do with the players. It's all down to me. Um yeah, So discussion of the 2004 ALCS result is actually forbidden on ball caps and bagpipes. Oh, anything, yeah. <laughs> anything Jason tries to bring it up, I get amnesia. I guess no. I get amnesia about the game five onwards. <laughs> yeah. Four onwards that uh, yeah. Um, that was that was still the uh, the Channel Five days, and that um, I think the final game went to like six o'clock in the morning, and they were they left the game because. They had to go to the children's TV program schedule, and uh, so I had to wait till about ten o'clock to go down to the um, to the libraries, go on the internet to find out what the result was. Oh, but, wow. Yeah, so that's. Uh, but um, yeah, we kind of uh, we kind of talk about um, kind of films, movies, and music and stuff. Uh, which is your favorite uh, baseball movie? <laughs> Mine's pretty obvious. It's right behind me here. <laughs> I've got my major league cards up here. So, nice. so it's kind of a 1A, 1B, and the other one being Bull Durham. So, um, yeah, major league Bull Durham are, you know, I can't say why I like one better than the other. I like them both. Yeah. So I don't really have a, a favorite baseball movie as such. I do have a favorite baseball TV show. It was called The Bronx is Burning. Okay. Um, it was the, the story of the 1977 Yankees set to the backdrop of the uh, 44-caliber killer um, and the, the heat wave that engulfed New York in 1977. I think it was done by ESPN in, the, in association with like, HBO or something like that. Um, I, I got it via other means, let's say. But I really absolutely, I really loved that. Um, you know, John Totoro played uh, Billy Barton, I remember, and just uh, some of the Some of the exploits of that particular team were just kind of a bit stranger than fiction. And seeing that kind of fictionalized version of it and just how mental that season was for the Yankees, it was very it was an exciting show. Uh, I like he's bounding down as well, but that's more than <laughs> the <than> baseball. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't say much. When, the last time they made a movie about my favourite team, uh, Newcastle United, it was... Uh, one of the worst films of all time. I don't know if you've ever seen it. The uh, It's just called Goal. And it sort of follows the the story of this, I think he's a Brazilian teenager that finds his way into the Newcastle Academy and then he, he becomes like a, a league winner, Champions League winner. He gets moved to like Real Madrid and each foot move is progressively worse and worse. It's just... That wasn't the ones where Robert Duvall, was it? What was the one Robert Duvall was in that had Alan McCoist? Was that that film? Oh, I've, I've blocked a lot of it out of my memory, to be fair. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just locked away. Yeah, I know Robert Duvall was in a film with Alan McCoist. My team's only been in Naked Gun. That's the only movie I can think of. My team's been in... <laughs> it's a great movie, though, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> And the baseball scenes are fantastic. <laughs> so realistic. Yeah. I think uh, I think Wolfie learned the umpire from uh, from Wesley Nielsen actually. <laughs> your favorite, Jamie, is uh, I forgot now. What's your favorite? You always uh, tell me. You always saying, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I do like uh, A League of Their Own because who doesn't love Tom Hanks and Madonna 
and the other people. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, to be fair, I do do it quite a bit just to wind you up, but I do love that film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Field of Dreams all day long for me. <laughs> Field of See, Dreams is a great one. Yeah, yeah. but I Have you enjoyed the Field of Dreams game. The what? Sorry. Did you enjoy the Field of Dreams game this past season? Oh um, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I think we covered it briefly on the pod, didn't we? I think so. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, I can't remember it. it. <laughs> it was it. I can remember the uh, the lead up to it on on social media was just massive. Like the the attention that game got this season was incredible, and and to be a fan there on the day it must have been absolutely magical I imagine I love that they went pure full ham as well getting Kevin Costner to come out and like, <laughs> yeah. introduction and shit. they just went all the way in it's like this, this is pure American cheese and I'm here for it <laughs> yeah but we're good at that come on now <laughs> absolutely yeah if there's one thing you guys are good at it's, uh, it's putting together like a spectacle I'm trying to think I know it's coming back next year if we have a season but I can't remember who's supposed to be playing Hopefully, I imagine next season should be fingers crossed back to normal. <laughs> I've, I've, I've already lived through two strikes now, so I'm, yeah. I'm hoping everything's back there. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll know more come February. And that's when everyone starts getting a little bit nervous. Oh, by the way, um, the, the film with Ali McCoystin is a, a, a shot at glory. Oh, a shot at glory, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, it's got to be worth a watch. Yeah, we're going to have to watch that one, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ali McCoy just sells it for me. Yeah. Um, anything else, Jamie? Uh, I can't think of anything. Is there anything you'd like to ask us, maybe? Yeah, what's yeah, your background um, in baseball? I'm very curious. Um, ch- Channel 5, really. <laughs> um, it was, I was, yeah, just up late at night and then someone needed something on in the background and then it was um yeah it was the year that the marlins won the world series um so <laughs> that's the one yeah so so that was kind of that was my introduction to to baseball and then um kind of stuck since then it was that was a lot of bad baseball those were wednesday and sunday nights like you didn't get good teams yeah no, I was quite happy to get whatever I could get my hands on at the time. It was, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Um, I guess coming from a, a cricket background, it was kind of interesting to see how how different things are done. Um, uh, the kind of the standards of the fielding and stuff um, and just the, the, the power of the hitting, which I think is something that's been introduced since into cricket as kind of, uh, the range hitting that, that that's developed, I guess, as as a consequence of, of uh, kind of looking at baseball and how that's done. Mm. Some terrifying speeds in that game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mine was the uh, like I say the, the game against the Diamondbacks in in 2015, um, and I don't know what I've, I just found myself in San Diego and happened to walk past the stadium. I think the day before the game. And, and said to one of my friends, I was like, well, while we're here, we might as well see a game. And I think because it was the back end of the season, I don't know what the the tickets are like trying to get them sort of early in the season, but we managed to get tickets quite easily and quite cheaply. <laughs> um, and yeah, we were just blown away by the whole experience. Like just the the fact that there was people, 
they went to get a drink and a hot dog and then sat down for like half an hour. And then we're like, okay, we'll go for an hour and we'll come back in a bit. It's just like, it was so alien to me. Like once you sit down at a sport, you're there until the, the game's done. Mm-hmm. But the, the so many people were just sort of, oh yeah, we'll watch a bit and then we'll go and we'll come back. Um, and I just fell in love with the Padres with, without prior knowledge of how good or bad they were. <laughs> a lot of bad teams. <laughs> yeah. Um, although this season, and probably some of last were quite exciting, the whole Tatis Jr. sort of exploding on the scene. Um, I think John alluded to about the, the team that on paper looks amazing. But I think a combination of the the uh, the pitching at times and the coaching have just, it seems a bit naive. So I'm hoping they've got the more experienced coaching now for next season. I'm hoping it's a little bit different. But yeah, ever, ever since then, that, that's just been my team. And like John said as well about learning the rules and, and trying to figure out what's going on from play to play and is is what that guy's done a good thing or a bad thing. And and obviously the more you learn about the sport, the more you enjoy the sport. And I think that's that's why we did the, the podcast, I think, to try and learn... Are you guys going to change the name to the Armbarn Podcast next year? I mean, I mean, as much as is what I want to know. Uh, yeah, we don't want to upset anyone, do we? We don't want no. Peter on our backs. Yes, yeah. that's, that's a death wish. Yeah. I think we were thinking of the boat pen, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a bad one. I like that. Yeah, yeah there were three of us, uh, and the third had more hair than we could ever dream of. So we got red. <laughs> <laughs> Out of pure jealousy, we told him he's not welcome back. Because of that unit. You're too good looking for us. <laughs> um, so when you were at Petco, did you walk around and check out the whole stadium? Because yeah, I, I, I um, think the, the best part's the kind of monument park out in the center field and the, and the dog park. I mean, the first time I was there, it was pretty much just uh, we sat there and watched the game and then we left. But then the following year, I think it was. I think we beat the Cubs. Uh, I think, again, that was another late season game. And I had a chance then because I was on my own at that point. Um, I thought, well, I'll walk around and, and check this place out and stuff. And, yeah, I just, I just took it all in. Like, it was just... And I must have looked like the biggest tourist ever because I was, like, in in the... Because um, the, the, the sports shop's just around the corner, isn't it, on the sort of a couple of blocks away. Um I was in there for like two hours just looking at everything. And I think I bought a baseball with, I think it was, um, oh, what was his name? Like it was Giorco. Is that how you pronounce his yeah, name? Yeah, Giorco. And I think he left like, the, <laughs> like the, in the summer or at the end of the season. So it was a wasted purchase. I didn't know anything back then. I just bought the first thing I saw. Um, but yeah, it was just cool to walk around and take all that in. It, really magical feeling. Um, I wish I picked a better team, but yes, I'm, I'm stuck with it now. I think that's. I mean, so I'm, I grew up in Seattle, so I'm a Mariners fan. So I've had a lot of bad years there. But uh, my parents or my grandparents used to go uh, live in Yuma, Arizona, and that was where the Padres had spring training. So they brought me stuff back. So, so funny enough, I've got a vintage 1984 National League champion shirt on right now from the Padres. And, nice. uh, and that was how I became a Padre fan, was I got stuff from them. So, um, yeah, I, I've been a fan of them since, like, 82. And, yeah, there's a lot of bad years there. <laughs> I had 
the 2022 Stanley Cup winners jersey on right now. <laughs> so you, you frown on um, ice hockey, don't you, Jamie? You're not a fan. Well, it, it's not that I'm not a fan. It's just that as, a, as somebody who plays field hockey, um, it's just like that. That's my sport. That's So for me, that's hockey, um, with, you know, with a ball. So um, I guess it's just what I've grown up with. So, yeah, <laughs> trying to get me <laughs> to all <over> that. <laughs> We're quite blessed at where we are, actually, um, locally, aren't we? Because we've got the, the Nottingham Panthers yeah, really close by if we want to watch a, a ice hockey game. Yeah, or if you want to watch a decent one, the Shepherd Steelers up the road. <laughs> <laughs> My my team in Edinburgh folded, so I have to go to Glasgow if I want to watch a hockey game now. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else you want to plug apart from the the podcasts? Anything else you guys are up to these days? Um, well, I actually feature in a, a documentary on Scottish baseball. It was due to launch on Sunday, uh, January second. Um, it's on YouTube at the channel C Kelly Edits. So nice. if uh, to check that out, uh, and we'll get more of my noggin. Uh, with beard this time. <laughs> uh, it's only like 11 minutes long. I think it does a great job of uh, telling the story of you know, what baseball in Scotland means to its community, um, what we're doing to kind of grow the game, um, and just a wee bit about the kind of every, everyday life of a baseball player in Scotland. So uh, I would definitely get guys to get the guys and girls who listen to check out, check out that documentary um, and just check out Baseball Scotland on Facebook or any social media channels to find out more about the league itself. Obviously, you can subscribe to the podcast at Ballcaps and Bagpipes. Uh, we're pretty much on all the usual audio apps, uh, and we love we have our Facebook page as well, where you can catch the video archive of the, the, the show. Um, I think that's pretty much it, isn't it, Jason? You've got that's team it, talk. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about our stuff. We'll, we'll plug just baseball Scotland today. <laughs> I get to wear things to plug. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Yeah, well, listen, thanks both of you yep. so much for you giving much. your time yep. and, yep. and talking to us. I mean, we, we've learned, like we always do, speak to like-minded fans and and fans that know way more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope, hope you guys, um, at the podcast as well, hope you guys have a great new year. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, um, thanks for having us on. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having us on. Merry Christmas, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, happy Hogmanay. <laughs> yes, too. So he's American and I'm teetotal, so I don't know how much celebrating we actually do it. Hopefully, oh, uh, um, well, I'm a I've I've a I'm a brew drinker, so you know. <laughs> there you go. So it will be. So, it is absolutely. Um, I was in Edinburgh recently, and um, I introduced a uh, a guy in my hostel from America to Iron Brew, and he absolutely loved it. So, the more people I can convert, the better. So. Next, time you, next time you boys are up, come along to the Edinburgh Field and come along to a game. Yeah, yeah. That'd, be, that'd be cool. Definitely. Yeah. yeah once once this whole thing's uh, under control and a little bit yeah. uh, better to try, I think we'll we'll definitely go up there. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Thanks again for having us, guys. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. problem. Excellent. See you later, guys. Yeah. Cheers. Right. Thank you very much. Best. Cheers. I was going to see how long I could leave it. But... <laughs> oh, okay. um, no, that was good. That was. Uh... Yeah, it wasn't that good. They were, yeah, just just blowing us away. Um, if only we could uh, do content like that all the time.
Yeah. Uh, yeah, where would we be? We would be... Uh... <laughs> We'd have at least seven listeners. <laughs> As opposed to 47,000 that we usually get. Yeah. Week to yeah. week. Estimated <laughs> figures, of course. Yeah. Estimated by your cat. <laughs> um, yeah. What should we talk about then, uh, Mr. Amage? Last podcast of the year. What should we yeah. discuss? Um, should we carry on the Scottish fame? We can certainly do that, yeah. Well, we can try, can't we? Because uh, I've recently come back from a trip over the border um, up to Edinburgh to find mm-hmm. find my roots. I need to find, like my hair, not there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I wanted, I yeah, obviously, yeah, some people know my ancestry is back in Edinburgh. Uh, from the, the Ramage surname and stuff. Uh, so I thought I'd go and check out a few of the places where my ancestors lived and were born and stuff. Mm. Um, my great granddad, I think, yeah, great granddad was born uh, in Edinburgh and um, went to check out the, uh, the the building in which he was born to find out it wasn't there. It's, uh, it's the. Um, it's just what standard chartered the people that sponsored Liverpool back in the day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they've got a building where where my granddad was born now. Um, <laughs> it's it was, what he always would have wanted, I think. I think so. Yeah, um, it was <laughs> it it was right next to one of the old railway stations in Edinburgh, which is also no longer there. So so that was a bit disappointing. And then I walked over to Leaf to look at, at a Ramage Square. Nothing to do with my family, I don't think, but demolished. Just the name. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. So, yeah. So, and then when I got back in, uh, got back, I found all the cool places that uh, associated with my family. Um, there was a Ramage who's very, very faintly related, um, who lived um, at Mary's Place. Mm. Uh, yeah. Name of the uh, Springsteen song. <laughs> um, I love how we're just calling him Springstone now. <laughs> yeah, it's the um, worst in joke of all time. It is, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Bruce Springsteen wrote a song called Mary's Place, which uh, made it on the. Uh, and even better, it was a hundred yards away from where um, Cricket Scotland play all their matches. Yeah, that's right. I saw that. That's, uh, so, so yeah, that's crazy, crazy coincidence, yeah. isn't it? It is. Yeah. Um, and then I went up to Montrose to uh, have a gander at the uh, the football team that I've followed the results of for more than 20 mm. years. Um, it Yeah, it was all right. They were playing uh, Peterhead um, to solidate, solidate their... Yeah. Solidify. <laughs> solidify, that's the one. Their position. <laughs> Strength. It's like... It's like uh, we're like... We're like the still game Victor and Jack thing. <laughs> oh. I just mispronounced a word and you uh, correct me. Um... Yeah, they are now, yeah, firmly in second place. Uh, they beat Peterhead 2 now. Uh, goals from Andrew Steves and um, Blair Lyons. Um, what about the, uh, the old goal machine that you've got? Was he not in gear on that game? Or? Uh, he's, um, yeah, he scores the penalties, doesn't he? Old um, Graham Webster. That's the guy, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's a penalty specialist. So, yeah. But yeah, he had a decent game. Um, Peter had probably had the better possession in midfield first half, but uh, an early goal after six minutes settled the nerves, and yeah. then and then Lions with a, a well worked goal to make it two 0 and then and then both teams kind of lost a little bit of discipline towards the end. Um, yeah. Robust tackles in from Peterhead. <laughs> uh, one of their players actually jumped in the air and caught the ball and uh, didn't even get carded for it. You can't do that, can you? <laughs> no. there's, there's no place for that in the modern game. No, uh, maybe rugby. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there were some, yeah, there were some feisty tackles in towards the end. Um, and uh, one of the Cami Ballantines, there's two Cami Ballantines that play for Montrose. The, uh, okay. Yeah, one of them got sent off right at the end. For, um, but which one? <laughs> the defender <laughs> um, but yeah it was it was an interesting experience it it rained the whole time I was in Montrose um, I had some um, yeah some haggis which was you nice you did yeah, yeah. And plenty of iron brew as well <laughs> yeah the only drink you can drink um, or I can um, yeah I did so much walking on that trip I lost four pounds so I'm quite impressed with that. Was it your first um, time in Edinburgh? Uh, second time. Uh, I went to the festival. Oh, of course you did, yeah. 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 Uh, I want to say 2014. So mm. first time in a while. Um, it's a lovely city. Really, it is, really enjoyed yeah. my time there. Just yeah. this time of the year as well, It's there's so much going yeah. on. Or there would have been, I think. It's, yeah. I don't know how different it would have been this year, but with the market that's usually on at this time and... Yeah, high street bustling usually. It's it's a really nice atmosphere. I found, and the castle's yeah. usually lit up. I think from memory, it is. Yeah, they did. A, they had a light show on while I was there. Um, yeah, which you could pay twenty odd pounds, I think, to go and watch. But you could just, just as well <laughs> much enjoy it from outside with your exactly. uh, deep fri- with your deep fried Mars bar, which was an experience. <laughs> yeah. Now we need, we all need to hear your in depth review of this uh, delicious tree, don't we? Yeah, um, it was interesting. I, d- I honestly didn't know what to expect. I um, I guess it's like that first time that you have peanut butter and jam together. Mm. You think, that's not going to work. Come on, that is not going to work. <laughs> but it did. I think because the Mars bar was melted in the middle, held together by the batter, mm. um, it just intensified the sweetness. So it was just like, Something with a sweet tooth, it was. You're in heaven, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Just and that's something you can just. Tea. That's something you can just buy from like any old, greasy spoon, isn't it? Any old takeaway place from the same um, You can do. Although the first place I tried, they said we haven't got any. <laughs> <laughs> they'd, they'd run out of batter or something. So oh, Jesus. Yeah, but the second place they were like. Um, I like took all the coins out of my pocket and was like, "Oh, um, I'm going to have to pay with my card." And it was just like, "I'm going to take your money. <laughs> just whatever you got in your hand, you can have it for that much." So <laughs> I got about got about forty p off. So that was that's decent. Yeah. So, but I will be back. You've been warned, Edinburgh. I will be back. I think speaking to our guest today, I think we'll both have to. Uh, yeah. Venture up there, won't we? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I wonder how they deal. We didn't ask them how they deal with the midges in baseball season. <laughs> That's got to be, yeah, an experience. It's it's so, the important questions that you you just forget. It is, isn't it? You yeah, you plan all these things and then you just like no. I think that's what like why Jeremy Paxman packed it in, isn't it? Because he forgot the important questions. Like, yeah. I've I've always appreciated Paxman's ability to interview a person he clearly hates, but treats them as like he's uh, doing his job, uh, yeah, like like an equal, like okay, you know, it's it's because he is a good interviewer, isn't he? He's he's good at his job. He, right. He's not bad. He's no Kirsty Walk. <laughs> What's she up to these days? Uh, I don't know. Um, she wrote a novel a few years ago, which was nominated for uh, a Worst Sex Scene Award. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I think Morris has won that award before. One of his novels. More than likely, yeah. Because Morris, I don't know if you know, he's... Notoriously, uh, oh, uh, celibate, like just okay, ab- absolute refusal to like, to like break the seal, as it were. So, the man like that writing a sex scene, it's a bit like, okay, yeah, meanie writing a book about, I don't know, the, the trams, or something. Of, yeah. <laughs> the trams of Glasgow, yeah, um, yeah, but hey, oh, indeed, for trying, no, um, I think. I don't think we'll keep the, the listeners much longer because obviously they've had some goodness. But I think you wanted to talk about some some of the albums of the year just to go out on a bang. Well, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, um, you know, last one of the year, it's yeah. nice to reflect and talk about the good things that's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I, I won't say all of my albums of the year, Um it was a list like about 16, wasn't there? 16, yeah. Um, yeah. A couple of songs I want to throw in there that aren't okay. on those albums. And then, like, if we get time, movies and TV shows, like, we'll just yeah. pick one, I suppose. I don't know if you want to okay. do that. Yeah. Um, so I'll go ahead and tell you that my favourite album of all time this year... This year. <laughs> Carter A. Jepsen's Emotion from 2014. <laughs> it will not be beaten. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh dear. What are you like? No, no uh, it was Pale Waves. Uh, okay. Amazing band from the uh, lovely city of Manchester. Yeah. Uh, second album, which surprised me initially. I thought it was a debut album, but uh, Who Am I is the second album, and it's absolutely okay. fantastic. Yeah. Um, I kind of. I was listening to them earlier, and I was thinking. A cross between Avril Lavigne, yes, um, Taylor Swift, a little bit, a little bit, yeah, a little bit, and um, Paramore, maybe just a mash up of all three. Would that be fair? Yeah, I think. Yeah, when I had a proper listen to this album, I I thought Avril Lavigne. Yeah, I also thought a bit of the Cure in some of the music. Okay. Um, and then a tiny bit of rock set, I think. Yeah. The sort of poppier stuff. And then a tiny, tiny bit of Susie and the Banshees. Okay. Because there's a little bit of uh, punk in there. Yeah. 
which the the music is it's it's weird it's all it's sort of like indie pop essentially yeah. but it's so much more than that I think these guys can play yeah like they are a decent band and they're just mm-hmm. yeah everything comes together and makes something that just sits perfectly okay. with me and my, my music tastes I think that's yeah the, the Texas of their generation <laughs> absolutely yeah because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're a band that can play there's no doubt about it they can play. they are yeah people yeah. forget this that yeah. there's no it's no mystery that they've had decent singles chart singles you know mm. you don't get to do that unless you can play yeah at least when Texas were, were sort of at their peak like you had to play you couldn't mm. just no. wing it um, yeah, yeah, they were they were a, a very good band. Yes, and their pomp. Yes. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so, what about your number one of the the year? Um, I guess it can't be anybody other than uh, Zuzu, can it? Really, with uh, yeah, Queensway Tunnel. Um, that's kind of shot up into my most listened to uh, albums of the year. Um, I just yeah just. Every song on it seems to resonate on a different le- level, mm. um, and and some of the songs are very just like I just want to sing along to them kind of stuff. Mm. So yeah, but there you go. I, I think you spoke about it last time that she yeah. puts things into words that you can yeah, just absolutely can't, can't, connect with. Yeah, yeah, that I couldn't do myself. Um, on. Yeah, honourable mentions to The Snuts, maybe, WL. It's on my list as well, yeah. It's a fantastic album, really good album. Yeah. Um, Debut album as well, and I think... It's crazy, yeah. Yeah. They're they're a band that kind of know what they're doing. Yeah. It's it's always nice when you see a band that have... I think it, it seems like they've toured together quite a bit. Yeah. And sort of honed these songs, probably written them between gigs yeah to capture that live sound and, and the album is just yeah front to back it's it's incredible it sounds like an out al- so the album sounds like I bet this is how it sounds live I bet there's no different no you know I bet the energy's there and mm. yeah I think they're on the up and up yeah absolutely um, a band that I've only just recently discovered uh, the Ras um, when does it become real that's They've got um, they've got a very good indie kind of sound to them. Um, I think when I read a review, there was about seven or eight different kind of bands that they were compared to. Wow. Um, yeah, um, yeah, just an, another band that looks like they've honed their craft through just like playing, and um, and they're going to be yeah, they could be big. Um, hmm. And how about Amy Shark as well? I was about to say yeah, yeah quite um, it's, it's, I think was it you that mentioned about it's there's a touch of Taylor Swift in this album. Yeah, I think I just see Taylor Swift wherever I go. <laughs> Some people see dead people. I just hear Taylor Swift. <laughs> so, but I guess if there is going to be an influence, then why not? To be honest, exactly. Yeah, she gets a lot of um, stick, doesn't she? But I think if yeah. you look at deep down. The way There's that she's, there is a songwriter, yeah, mm. uh, and you know, yes, she's got a bit poppy. Yeah. The last couple of albums. What's wrong with that? You know, she exactly. 
there's nothing harder, and, and musicians to tell you this, to write a good song yeah. that's also a pop song. It's yeah. the hardest thing to do. Yeah. And Taylor's yeah, got it in bucket loads, hasn't she? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. sounds like Amy Sharkers as well, let's be honest. I think some of those yeah. tracks on the album are just incredible. Like, she's got that weird... She can clearly sing. Yeah. But then she does this weird... It's not quite rap, but it's like a weird... There's talky parts to the, some of the verses. Okay. Yeah. And I quite like that. It's, yeah. It gives it a more... I don't know, a more poetic sort of side to it. It's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Anybody else? Uh, there's a band that... Um, well, I think they're Australian. I'm not 100%. Uh, Luca Brassi, I think how you pronounce them. Okay. Uh, very similar to the Snuts. Yeah. Sort of an indie rock, poppy sort of band. Decent songs. Like, every song is decent and, and solid and sounds good live. And I don't know how far they're into their career, though. No. But I'd, hopefully they're on the up and up. I'd like to think that yeah. this is a, um, yeah. a springboard. Um well, they're on the up now that you've mentioned them on here. Oh, well, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's Highlight the... Um, do you ever watch the uh, <laughs> the YouTube? There's a guy on the, the YouTube. He, I think it's is it Brian... I want to say Fantano, but I'm not sure. Okay. Might not even be Brian. But he's, he's, he's a music critic of like... Okay. You imagine the word music critic. He's that... He personifies that okay. look. Like he will critique an album within an inch of its life. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Like anything below like a five out of ten from him is like the touch of death. Okay. <laughs> to a band. Yeah. So I'd like to think I'm like the opposite of him. And just Okay. Just yeah. The Mr. Positivity. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm not gonna badmouth a band if I can help it. No. Uh, you're a you're a fellow musician. It's <laughs> like, yeah, it's not easy, you know? Like yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of bands I don't like, but I'm not going to spend all day talking about no. it. Um, it's one of them, Meg White. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I'm going to have to beat that no. one out again. Yeah. No, you, I know you like her, um, and that is just an in-joke. It's a really yeah. bad one that makes no sense, because I do yeah. really like her. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and this is your apology, because otherwise she's getting cancelled. Yeah. God, poor Meg. Yeah. I don't... No. I can remember um, Jack White saying in, in the sort of height of the White Stripes that Meg was, like, notoriously, um, like, re- reclusive. Like, she wouldn't... Okay. Like, he had to, like, text her and ring her and say, look, we're rehearsing soon. You yeah. know, you need to get up. And then he'd drive to her house and pick her up and they'd go out mm. and rehearse. Yeah. Drop her off and then he wouldn't hear anything from her for the next, like, week. No. But then on stage and, and recording, like she was an animal on drums. Like there was something yeah. not she, like animal. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It was just like there was there was night and day with Begwire. There was okay. the yeah. I don't want to do anything and live a quiet life. And then oh yeah, I'm a drummer in one of at the time one of the biggest bands on the planet. It's just a bit like me on this podcast, to be honest, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you, you go home, don't you, have to record this, and you, you sort of, you live a simple life. Yeah. But then you come on this podcast, and you just, yeah. it's honestly like talking to a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not that bad, is it? <laughs> uh, 
Um, You're like almost as famous as Jared Leto. That's that's what I'll say. Yeah, almost. Yeah, he's almost as talented as me as well. So there you go. Um, is there anything else we wanted to talk about? Should we do um, favorite film of the year or TV show of the year? Anything you've seen that you like? Oh, um, I know it's not from this year, but I've kind of just like binge watched all of Still Game, mm. the uh, the sitcom, and uh, you know. You know, for a simple sitcom, it's just got so many layers. Yeah. It's, it's the friendship of these two old men, but it's also about the community as well. Um, yeah. And it's got moments of just like, uh, oh, what is it? It's just like, yeah, it can be quite harsh in some of the, the patter. But then on the other hand, it, it's really quite sweet as well, just like mm. um, Methadone Mick, the way that they kind of take him into their hearts and give him a suit and help him get a job and everything. And mm. um, and there was one episode where one of the main characters looked like he was going to die. And I was just like, I was actually nearly on the verge of actually just blobbing. It was that. God. Yeah. It was just like, you've got me. And it's, yeah, I can't speak highly of it enough. And it's got a um, guest appearance from Amy McDonald in one of the episodes. So, well, there we go. Yeah. What more that seals it, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it may not be from this year, but it's on, I think it's on the iPlayer and uh, on Netflix as well. Yeah, I, I want to say it's still on there. Yeah, yeah I think it yeah. still is. Well, it was this morning. <laughs> who knows yeah so yeah but yeah. yeah just sad sad it ended really every character in there is is well worked um from Naveed in the in the shop and Tam the, the tight fisted one um, I think it captures a lot of what's like early 2000 sitcoms did things like yeah. Shameless in its peak and mm. I don't know if you ever watched um the early doors, the the one set entirely in the pub. Okay, I didn't really see that, but that's uh, that's such like it. it I, I want to say a good ninety percent of the scenes are shot in the pub. Yeah, and it just sort of centres around the, the landlord and landlady, mm-hmm. and just the average punter that comes in, and it's just yeah. that level of like tight knitness mm-hmm. that I don't think you really get with later sitcoms. I, I could be wrong, but yeah. it just felt like that was the. The peak era, like Royal Family, was was that sort of era. It was just, yeah. It it felt like every character had a a part to play in this show, and it, yeah. you got to learn how each one lived its life and day to day and yeah. stuff. But the way this one came out of um, a sketch show and a stage play, um, did it really? Yeah, yeah. The way it, yeah, the way it developed was just unbelievable. Um, yeah. yeah, over to you, I guess. What's um, I've watched quite a lot of movie, uh, not movies, TV shows this year, and I I want to say, hand on heart, that the best one I've seen is probably Cobra Kai. Okay. So it's the story of. It's set. I want to. It's like thirty years after. The kid. Karate Kid Three, okay. I think is or something like that. Um, 
But what it does, it switches the roles. So Johnny Lawrence, who was the bad kid, he is now the main character. And then Daniel LaRusso, he's, he's still in it and he plays like a big part, but it all centres okay. around Johnny and his 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 life 30 years after the tournament. Like he loses the tournament, he loses a lot of his things in his life. He grows up to be a bit of a an arsehole. Not a plot spoiler for Karate Kid 3, is it? Ah, <laughs> oh, well, we've all seen it. Um, and then sort of the... The direct opposite of LaRusso, who's become like a successful businessman. He's got married to a beautiful wife, two kids, I think. Okay. Massive house, living the dream. And they sort of avoided each other um, in their adult life. So Johnny's jealous of Daniel because he sees his face on every billboard in town. And Johnny's sort of in his like one bedroom flat and he's not really going anywhere and and I think like a chance encounter with a kid on his, I think he lives next door to him, who he's getting beat up at school and he's a bit scrawny. He wants to learn how to defend himself. And Johnny's like, yeah, I don't really do that, kid, sorry. But then he sort of, it triggers something in him to, you know, I've still got the passion to do this. And it becomes this massive, like, like LaRusso then becomes involved in karate again. So he gets his own students together. And old faces from the the film start popping back in, and they get involved. Okay. It's just like so it's Splinter and Shredder, and like yeah, like uh, <laughs> Crease is is a main character again, and yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady. You know, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh-huh. it's from the trailers, it looks like you're just watching another um, TV show about fighting martial arts. Okay. And I will say that some of the fight scenes are incredible. Like, the, yeah. they aren't just one on one. Like, there's one, I think it's ep- season two at the end. There's an entire brawl at the school. Every kid's okay. involved. It's just, it's just like a scene out of Kill Bill. T- yeah, it's just like so <laughs> surreal. Okay. <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, it's gone from strength. Like, the writing is is one of the big parts of why it's done so well. Like it knows how cheesy it is at times, and it plays on that, and it it features like a an eighties rock and roll soundtrack that people that watch the films would recognise. It's just okay. It knows its place. It doesn't try to be a, a super serious show or anything like. That. It knows that. So it's not deep, like we're the about reboot. Karate. Yeah, it's not the reboot of like Sabrina. I didn't think that was too bad, to be fair. Okay, I but wanted then, more. I wanted more of the original, though. So. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same. Although Sean watches Riverdale. Okay. And there's an episode that crosses over with New Sabrina. Oh, cool. That's a bit strange. Riverdale's the same sort of thing. From watching it, it's some sort of yeah. teen supernatural fluff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Based on a comic oh, book, okay. I think, but it's it's not for me, if I'm honest no. with you. Uh, and movies, if we're talking movies, I've not seen that many new movies, to be fair. No, nor have I. Um, I think House of Gucci would be up there, if not yeah. at the top for me, because it is just... It, it yeah. did... Uh, it was less, conf- less confusing than the new Spider-Man. I've yet to see it still, to be fair. I think we're watching yeah. that tomorrow. Okay. You don't want any critique of it now, then? <laughs> 
I mean, you're talking to a person that isn't really that interested in Marvel. No, um, same. So, but I mean, what would you give out of ten as a, a base rating? Yeah. Five point two, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'd yeah, I don't want to put you off, but how many of the other Spider Mans have you seen? I've seen, seen the one, one and with, two. The one with um, the Green Goblin and the Octo. Oh, yeah. yeah. I uh, didn't watch three because I... Yeah. And I'm glad I didn't because I think that's the one that gets yeah. derided the most. I think it's... Um, seen as have the you seen the one with the uh, Jamie Foxx, who's the Electro dude? Is that the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man? I think so, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not... No. And, I think uh, one and two, and I think yeah. I watched... Oh, no, it's not really a Spider-Man film. One of the Avenger films, I think he pops okay. up in. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah you'll, you'll have seen enough then to, for it to make sense. Mm. Uh, but it is, it's all over the place, is what I'm going to say. It, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, I think if you didn't know anything about any of them, it'd be a little bit confusing. Yeah, because I think that the, the Doc Ock reveals like a it's going to have more weight to someone that's seen the originals. Otherwise, yeah. it's just like, well, who's this guy? <laughs> exactly. Who's this crazy uh, yeah. robot Which, guy? weirdly enough, I'd seen the, th- the three films where all the bad guys are from. So, um, so it did make sense, but it was, yeah. it was. I think it was trying to do too much, um, but also to please actual diehard Spider-Man fa- film fans that kind of leaves everybody else out of it yeah but yeah but you know I'm sure you'll enjoy it sure I think Mar- Marvel at this point has got a clear footprint as to what films they're going to make yeah and why would they change that I mean they all rake in so, yeah. millions don't they so yeah. well, um, fair play to them yeah um, but yeah I think the Gucci film for me yeah. although last yeah. night in Soho was a, a surprise okay I don't think you caught that one yet. It's... I didn't quite catch it, no. And I don't, and I'm a bit annoyed, really. But it looks I will say the like trailer doesn't do it justice. It's okay. it's a different film to what the trailer makes out. <laughs> okay, it's one of um, them, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seems like it's quite Hollywoodized in the trailer when really it's okay. just a really good film. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Li- uh, Liquid Pizza is out soon. Next month, I think, isn't it? Um, so in the next couple of days. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's not on. At, I don't know if it's on at Adian or, but it's definitely not at Cineworld. So mm. I think the only place to watch it in the county of Nottinghamshire is at Broadway. Yeah. The Broadway. So, yeah, so that kind of shows you what kind of film that is. I think it's going to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Yeah, why not? It's got at least one higher minute. So. <laughs> and of course, the great man himself, Mr. Bradley Cooper. Oh yeah, of course. Who at this point I'm still not sure if he's playing himself or Chris <laughs> Christopherson or his character from Star Is Born. Uh, or that one he was in with Jennifer Lawrence. Well, he was in more than one with um, old Jen, wasn't he? I'm not too sure. 
yeah, I do believe it was. It's Silver Linings Playbook and something else, I'm sure. Mm. I could, could be. be wrong, but I don't you think You could be it. right. At this point, <laughs> it's hard to prove. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think it's been a weird year. It's been one of ups and downs. Mm. Turns and stuff and... And I think the both of us would like to think the next year would be different. Um, yeah, and it is. It's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be different. It's going to mm. be, yeah, we're going to grab it by the horns. You're going to see a much leaner and more focused bullpen that you've ever seen. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, if I go to Edinburgh again, then I'm sure I'll knock off another four pounds. <laughs> so that's where the leaner will be. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. just just from the interview earlier, I think getting guests on from yeah. different walks of life, I think that's the yeah. way to do it. And I think that's something yeah. we're going to look at doing. Yeah, guests, guests all the way. Come and talk to yeah. us. Tell us your story. Tell us what you, yes. makes you tick. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, like Joe Rogan does it. He gets people on that he knows nothing about, but okay. he will he will give them a platform to. Yeah. And it could be anyone, literally anyone. Oh. He's done like nearly 2,000 episodes. Um, yeah. I, d- I extended out an invitation earlier for some, um, you know, one of the the actresses from Berniston. Was it Kirsty? St- St- yeah. No, not Stuart. Is it Stuart? I think yeah, I've got I two minutes. Her, sur- her surname is Stuart, I think. Um, And she was talking about, is it one of the Disney films that people don't, give as much credit to it as possible. It's, oh, it's going to bug me. I'm going to have to look yeah. at this now. So, but yeah. Um, I mean, the more um, the merrier, really. I mean, yeah. so she's more than welcome to come on and talk about that film. Yeah. Alice actors, White. sports fans, musicians, writers. Yeah. Literally anyone. I think everyone's got a story to tell and I think uh, a podcast is the perfect platform for that. Yep, it would probably help if I wasn't looking at the wrong profile. Uh, <laughs> what was it? Uh, you're going to have to edit out. Louise Stewart. Louise, yeah. 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 I think Kirsty Strain is the other woman in Burniston. Okay. The dark um, she write, She writes on Twitter, uh, oh, it's that time of the year again when I get annoyed about the lack of recognition of Big Hero 6 being one of the best animated films ever. Oh, Tell us is. why. Tell us yeah. why. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll entertain that idea all day long. Yeah. I think like a, a hot take about a movie from someone that clearly knows what they're talking about is, yes. is worth listening to. Um, yeah, because earlier we proved that... Um, Kevin Costner's best baseball film was Bull Durham. So, you know, somebody that knows what they're talking about said that as well. So, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hosted by Yoon Petard. Oh, yeah, Just, something like yeah, that. Whatever that, yeah. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> um, shall, we, shall we call it a day? I think so, because otherwise this episode is going to be about four hours long. And nobody's going to get this far. And if you have, tweet us in because you will get something 
amazing. Uh, a treat. Deep fries Mars bar. Um, yeah. Signed photo. Whatever you desire. Yeah. You, you yeah. ask you've us made what it you want from us. Yeah, you've made it this far. You deserve <laughs> something. <laughs> um, um, yeah, go. I mean, we're on every platform yeah. imaginable these days, so please yeah. check us out. Edinburgh Waverley. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Meadow Hall the other day. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. That lovely platform, yeah. That platform, yeah. <laughs> you were talking um, about train platforms, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, give us a follow, give us a like, listen to us. Yeah. Uh, Spotify's got a nice new rating system where you can yep. give us like a score us. out of five. Yeah. Yep. Please choose wisely. We know where you yes. live. Yep. And if you need help finding that, we will. We'll give you a step-by-step guide. Um, um, even if it's I mean, just a one, we'll, we'll settle for a one. We'll say, yes, yeah, more, more than we deserve. <laughs> um, go follow Ball Caps and, and Bagpipes on yep. Twitter. Go follow their that amazing the podcast. that you do this year. Yeah, it um, really is a it. well put together podcast. There's always guests on there as well. Yep. People in the know, people that are involved in Scottish baseball and yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Give that a follow, absolutely. Yes, please. Um, and then that's it from us for twenty twenty one. Yeah, Tringy, Tring, David R. Tring, and yeah, famous Strauss at Bullpen Pod, maybe. Um, any advice for the new year? Um, just be the best version of yourself. Mm. <laughs> Top that piece of advice, I dare you. <laughs> um, I would just say be completely honest with who you are first. Okay. And then you can be honest with everyone around you. Yeah, and then you can be the best version of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> there we oh, go. I love you sometimes. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Sometimes. You know. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, thank yeah. you for uh, listening to us this year. And there's uh, and the only thing we can promise is there's, there's more of this build to come. Yeah, you know you love it. Deep down, <laughs> you know that this is what keeps you going. It is, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All it's the best, everybody. Thing. Have a great yeah. new year. Yes, happy Hogmanay. That's the one. Don't That's drink one. too much. No. Yeah. Just the right amount. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Sixteen pints. <laughs> <laughs> Just shut up now. Okay. <laughs>